Here we are in the room podcast. Where's my cameras? Lars Borson joins me in the room podcast tonight because he has some breaking and special news, even though he sent out an article what a couple hours ago and got the news out there. Some of you may have not read it yet, but it must be up to like 500 uh, reads at this point, maybe more. So it's a hot item. Lars, man, what'd you do today? A lot of action happening. Yeah, man, it was, a, it was an interesting day. A lot of news coming out. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's important that the community knows kind of what's going on out there. So it was it was pretty crazy. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And we'll, we'll give you guys an update and kind of what we'd heard and what's going on. Um, you know, but it's just it's keeping people accountable and making fighters and camps aware of, you know, some of the shady practices that are going on. So let's talk about it, Lars. Um, you were on a Zoom meeting today, and uh, a lot went on, a lot about fighters being maybe, I would say, taken advantage of and uh, misled. And uh, let's talk about it, buddy. Um, where'd you go today? And um, let's, let's, let's start off the conversation about what was talked about. Yeah, so we, we heard uh, probably about a month ago some grumblings in the community about some fighters not getting paid by Premier Fighting Championship at their last show, November 19th. We heard some rumblings, we did some research, we talked to some people, and it was looking, uh, you know, like the rumors were true. And so we kind of bit our tongue. We wanted to give Premier and Karen the benefit of the doubt and allow them to possibly pay, um, you know, the, the purses that were guaranteed to these fighters. So we didn't say much. And, uh, you know, I heard some more things yesterday and I knew that the Mass State Athletic Commission had their monthly meeting today. Uh, it was on Zoom. So I tuned in, public can tune in. It's, you know, for public consumption. So I sat around on the call for 45 minutes or so before they, act, before they essentially allowed public comment. Now, and, before, <clears throat> excuse me, before they allowed... Uh, public comments was it all about the subject we're going to be talking about was that what was really the meeting was about and what you guys focused on no uh th there really was not an agenda item for for what came up during the meeting so it, this is all kind of coming together pretty quickly so there probably won't be uh on an on the record like official agenda item for this topic until their next meeting which is I believe February 9th, it's always the second Wednesday of the month at 11 o'clock. Anybody can tune in on Zoom. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so it, it really wasn't an agenda item, but when I tuned in, you know, all the commissioners were on, the other people involved in that department within the government in Massachusetts. And there was some other public people uh, that were just tuning in to listen. And then I also noticed that Marcus Davis was on the call as well, and he introduced himself at the beginning of the meeting. But we really didn't, there was no agenda item to talk about what Marcus had to say, but we kind of had a feeling something was going to come up in the meeting. So that's the reason why we were tuning in and wanted to kind of get some more information. And since the meeting at 11 o'clock this morning, I've talked to Marcus Davis, I've talked to some other people in the community, and we kind of have a better grasp of where things are at at this point. So where are, where are we at and what the, the, the basic details, we have audio and a clip of some of what went on today as far as like the meat of it. Um, Lars, let's talk about what exactly happened and what's happening right now as far as fighters and Premier FC, which is... Um, you know, one of the huge subject of the meeting. Uh, let's talk about what happened. And, uh, you know, as far as details, we know just from the public rec record or the public, um, you know, meeting you were at today. Uh, so at this point, we know of six fighters that have not been paid by the promotion for their fights on November 19th. Marcus Davis kind of kicked it all off by going to the commission directly and saying, this is what's going on. This is not right. And uh, 
there was a second fighter as well that had gone to the commission, Ronnie Marks. He was the co-main event on that card. Uh, and now, so we knew about those two. And obviously, Marcus publicly stated some things on the call that we'll get to. Uh, but we knew it was those two. But since then, four other fighters have come out over the last couple hours saying they also have not gotten paid by Premier um, from that show on November 19th. Now, I'll preface this by saying I'm a, a supporter of the sport in general, but most importantly, the fighters. Um, I'm going to try to help them and go to battle for them anytime I can. Uh, but I'm also here to support the promotions, so long as you're doing the right things, gyms and, and whoever else is involved. We're trying to elevate this sport to a different level. And um, so tuning into that call today, uh, I, I was a little hesitant because I have a good relationship with Karen Wesh, who's the CEO owner of Premier. And we've had a good relationship over the past few years, covered her events. Um, so I felt a little weird kind of going this aggressive after this topic, but I did give it some time. I gave it a good month to see if things kind of worked itself out, and it hasn't. So I think now that Marcus Davis has gone on publicly on the record uh, through you know the governmental channels through the commission meeting, I feel like it's fair game to talk about this and to make sure that you know people understand what's going on out there. Okay, before I play the first uh, piece of, uh, you know, maybe two minutes of audio from uh, when Marcus Davis first came on, was Ka uh, Karen in the meeting, the Zoom meeting today? Was she, um, was she attending? Uh, not, not that we could tell. I mean, on the Zoom meeting, there was probably 20 people in the meeting. And, you know, some people can come in just as guests, as the public. And you don't necessarily need to write your name down. You don't have to declare who you are. You can just kind of listen in. So she may have been on, on the, in the meeting call. I don't know. Uh, but from what I could tell of, of the participants, you know, I didn't see a, a KW or a Karen uh, in there. But, you know, why would she come in and maybe put her name down? She probably would just, uh, you know, listen in as somebody else. So I, I, I don't know if she was on. Any representation for her on? No. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know if Karen regularly goes on, um, you know, commission meetings. I know as a promotional owner, I think she's been very vocal on some of them in the past. I could be wrong, but, you know, usually when you're a promotional owner, you attend the meetings because things can change. And, you know, with times now with, you know, COVID, you don't know what's going to go on next as far as uh, regional promotion. So you kind of want to get on. Uh, I know some promoters are on every week, not every week, every time uh, they, they hold a session. So um, she's kind of missing right now. But um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, a lot of strange things have happened over the last few days that have kind of led us to this conclusion. And, and if you read our article on NewEnglandMMA.org, I wrote this article this afternoon, like as soon as the, the meeting ended. I'm like, all right, it's time to kind of go public with this. So that article uh, lays out a lot of kind of what's going on. A lot of it revolves around Marcus Davis and kind of what he said. Uh, but essentially, you know, he was asked to uh, come and fight. He signed a contract uh, and he wasn't paid. And now there's been six fighters that haven't been paid. There's been excuses that have been given. Uh, but some other shady stuff has gone on as well, where, you know, Marcus Davis, he had a change of opponent, so they had to update his contract. And when Premier sent the contract back to Marcus, uh, yes, they updated his opponent, but they also reduced his purse by like 50%. And Marcus was smart enough to catch it and call him out and say, what's going on here? And the excuse was given that it was a mistake. But if you're updating a contract, you just need to update the name. You don't need to update the purse. So Marcus caught it, called him out. And this is me talking to Marcus Davis this afternoon. That, that was so, going to be my next question. You did have a conversation with Marcus after the, the meeting, after the session. So this is stuff he told you on the record. And uh, he's out there on social media right now um, following the post and also ready, if not, has already made his own uh, social media post about what's going on here. He's not remaining silent. Uh, Lars, let me play the beginning of that audio. Let me see if I can get that going. Hopefully everyone can hear it. 
And uh, I don't lose you anywhere here. Uh, you know, I still need a Jamie in the corner just for people out there, you know, a producer here. But I think uh, I'm doing all right at this moment. So let's uh, let's uh, roll. I do have a problem here where I had competed for uh, the uh, Premier Fire Championship back on November 19th. Um, and after competing on that show, they have not and basically will not pay me. Um, and uh, I know that also Ronnie Marks, who appeared on that card, also was not paid. Um, and originally they had not paid anybody that was on the card. And then uh, they, they, you know, I was communicating with them and they told me they had uh, not paid anybody that they were not able to because of uh, something to do. And I, I don't know if any of this is true. I don't trust anybody. But on December 3rd, the CFO, uh, Kamir, uh, said to me that uh, in a five-minute conversation that uh, they had gone public and that they had an investor and the investor was had ties to terrorism and that their account was frozen and all this stuff. And so um, basically what I'm trying to do here is find out, uh, am I going to get help from the commission and somehow forcing uh, Miss uh, Karen Wesh and uh, the CFO that come here uh, to pay me what they promised to pay me on my contract. There you go. Um, there's more to that story. We will play uh, Marcus's last um, comments before uh, the session basically ended. But uh, Lars, right there, uh, he wasn't paid. We're going almost uh, with seven weeks. And like you said, um, the, the, the people coming out of the woodwork now, as far as getting paid. And it seems like a lot of them are out of staters or the bigger payouts for the card. I mean, we're talking what somewhere between 15, $20,000 possibly as far as uh purses not paid out so far. Uh, by my, by my estimation, I haven't, I know, um, you know, the sources I have are saying that Marcus was going to make him, you know, the range of $8,000 for his fight. He was the main event. He won. Uh, and then the co-main event, which is Ronnie Marks also didn't get paid. You got to assume he's making maybe 50% of what Davis was making. That puts you at about $12,000 right there, maybe more. And when you tack on four more fighters there, you're probably pushing that up to 20 grand or so. Uh, so yeah, from from our estimation, it's probably in the neighborhood of fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, probably closer to twenty, that hasn't been paid to six fighters that we know of so far. So it's you know, uh, Marcus Davis, Ronnie Marks, um, Kibidi Gordon at a regiment training center. Um, also, let me refer back to my article for a second here. I got to remember all the names, but uh, it's Kibidi Gordon we talked about. Uh, Cam Rizniski, he's come out and said he hasn't got paid. Niaz Ahmed from New York City has come out and said he hasn't gotten paid. Um, so there's, you know, six fighters right there. And I'm sure there's a few more that we haven't got to. And, and hopefully what this will do is shed some light on it. And these guys reach out because we're trying to help them go through the channels of the commission to make this right. So at this point, they're trying to have... The commission's involved, talking to Karen, talking to the fighters. Uh, but right now, the commission only knows about two of the fighters. So if these guys have a claim and they want some funds, they need to contact the commission. And I can pass along that contact information if they need it. Um, yeah, just put yeah. it on. Put it on the. Uh, put it on the feed when uh, you know we cut out. And uh, you know whatever yeah. information you have, the article link, all that other stuff, just throw it on the feed here. And uh, we'll get people involved. Uh, you and I and, uh, you know, people in the back have, uh, you know, coming up trying to, I wouldn't say brainstorm, but coming up trying to come up with ways to, um, you know, maybe get the fighters paid uh, down the line by, you know, methods of help and donate. If, if it, you know, if, it, if this article and what happened is gaining weight and gaining steam, because uh, as we know, fighters don't make fucking shit as it is, and even at a regional level. And uh, we're going to play uh, the last comments that uh, Marcus had to say in the media, because this really hits home, and this is exactly 
Um, you know, the dude's been retired since, what, 2014. And he comes back to fight for the first time in seven years. And uh, he gets treated like this. An icon in the New England area and a UFC vet who's uh, put his life on the line many, many times. So let me try to find this. Uh, I might have to skip around, but I'll get to the meat. So uh, hang in there. And Lars, and then I'll let you give your final uh, thought because we're going to get... Um, Blaine on, and I want people to read the article, and uh, you'll be updating stuff as uh, as we get more info. We uh, might have Marcus Davis on next week, but the way things are going right now, that guy's going to be busy. He's going to be on a lot of uh, podcasts, and people are going to be reaching out to him and uh, other people. So we'll get in line after here, but uh, we did, um, you know, we put this out there, and as we said, it's for the fighters, and uh, especially being in the promotion in New England. Man, we don't want a bad rap, and it hurts other promotions in New England as well. So uh, let me uh, get to this yeah. clip. You know, and it, I think it's funny. It, we should also mention that since uh, over the last few days, you can't find Karen Wesh on Facebook anymore. So she she's deleted her Facebook account. No one seems to have any contact with her, uh, and uh, you know it's it's unfortunate. It's kind of gone down that road, but that tells me that she's probably not. Uh, probably doesn't have the money to step up and pay these guys, so it's probably going to go to their bond. But we can we can talk about that if we need to. Yeah, I uh, yeah, like I said, I got to get Blaine coming on pretty soon. But I mean, until he uh, you know, I can message them off to the side. But um, let me play this and see if I got it around the right spot. I want to make just one one kind of statement here, and that is, uh, you know, I retired back in uh, 2014, and. You know, I retired with, uh, you know, with, yeah, I had a good uh, transition. Like a lot of fighters, fighters do not transition well. Once they, their identity is wrapped up into fighting, my identity was not. So uh, I made it to everybody else, but to me it wasn't. So when I transitioned out, uh, you know, I had a really, I've had a really good uh, living. Uh, I was a, I've been a biomechanist for the last uh, eight years. I've been running uh, everything here in North Carolina since 2016 for the corporate chain tap out, running all their stuff here. Um, so I, I had a really good uh, transition through. This woman basically from 2016 until 2021 messaged me, if not weekly, at least monthly, constantly asking me to come out of retirement. And to take and to fight for her, even though I was comfortably retired. So this went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, until finally, you know, I made an agreement with her financially what it would take for me to do so, and signed a contract with her first on July 10th. Then that changed because it was for Nick Alley. Then it changed to fight for Gary Bellato on August 4th, which she didn't even have the means of making that fight. I found out later. Uh, and then it changed again on September 28th, the Steven Stangle fight. And, you know, and I told her, you know, for me at 48 years old to come out of retirement and to do all those medicals, which I paid out of my own pocket, $3,600 to have two MRIs done because they screwed up on one of them and, and going through all the other processes that I had to do for it. And then I flew my son and my wife to the event and put them up for the event. And I traveled and I... Basically, that month I had invested a, a little over $10,000. And then to have the fight happen, make absolutely nothing, and have Christmas come right up after the corner. And then, unfortunately, that week, too, I spent a whole week up in Maine for uh, uh, visiting back home for uh, Thanksgiving. Um, and so she has, you know, been able to put my family through hell over the last uh, couple of months here. And they've completely no, no contact. Like, I'm having no contact. And the last, like, I could show you the last text message she sent me. It was a heartfelt text message telling me that her husband has now divorced her because of this. And all this financial issues she's having and all the problems she's having. And that she's begging me just not to basically, she says, you know, to come public and ruin her, her reputation and her business. Whereas she said, no, nothing. To, to try to, to, to provide me with the confidence that I'm going to be uh, uh, paid uh, under what contract we have. So I don't know what to do at this point other than, you know, if this was 
you know, I had a real bad reputation early on in MMA where I had actually gone to promoters' homes and collected money. There's some stories out there you probably have heard about me, you know, and, you know, but now I'm a 48-year-old guy, and uh, I just, all I want is for this woman to pay me what she, uh, what we agreed to, and I will disappear again. I, I Now I'm definitely have no interest in fighting anymore because of this. this is there you go. Um, there you go. Uh, great work, Lars. Great, great work today and uh, more to come. Great article. It's, um, dude, man, it's, you know, when you talk about in the article, it's what we do. I mean, uh, and you gave it time. And uh, now uh, we see how it plays out and hopefully these fighters get paid. It could be up to, you know, 18 months you've, uh, you know, you've spoken about as far as if it goes to the bond uh, ways. So, um, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. It's, you know, this is the type of stuff we don't like doing, but, you know, I think it's necessary that we make this aware to people. This is, this is not going to be accepted in this sport, in this community, in this region. Uh, you know, we get nothing out of this. Uh, we're, we're trying to help the fighters. I want to have good relationships for promotions, and I always have had a good relationship with Premier and Karen, but when something like this that happens that's egregious and it's really not the first time it's happened, at that point, something needs to be said. And uh, I'm glad the fighters are coming out and saying, you know, they're victims of this as well. So, you know, the more people we know about, I know, of, you know, one fighter that's been paid. <laughs> so I know there was a bunch of other pro fighters in that card. So if you were on that card, you didn't get paid, reach out to us. We'll put you in connection with the right people, but we want to make sure we have for the record that we know kind of what the, you know, who are the victims here and, and, and what happened. So, uh, you know, I don't think we'll ever see Premier again. I don't think we'll ever see Karen again. They were, they're already talking about suspending her license. So who knows where that goes? Thank God there's some insurance policy for these fighters, but like that could take up to a year and a half to get them paid, which isn't fair, you know, to somebody like Marcus Davis, who's out $10,000 uh, because of all this. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. We'll stay on top of it. We'll definitely be tuning into the future commission meetings and seeing where things go. But, you know, the, the public needs to know this. The fighters need to know this. And hopefully it doesn't happen again. Excellent. Well, Lars, uh, thank you for coming on tonight with uh, this breaking news This uh, that, you know, benefits, um, you know, fighters in the future as far as, I mean, it's a it's a bizarre world in the MMA community. It's a shitty man. situation, you yeah. know. It's a shitty situation, um, but you know, if you're paying this money and you're, it's just bad business practices. Obviously, yeah, she got in overhead, couldn't pay the bills, and here we are. So now, what happens? Uh, and how does this not happen happen again moving forward? This hasn't happened in a while around here, but it was it was bound to happen. Uh, so. Hopefully, we'll, something good will come of this, hopefully. Well, uh, keep tuning in to NewEnglandMMA.org because uh, we'll be updating everything um, more. You know, maybe we'll get some interviews with the fighters that haven't been paid, uh, Marcus Davis. But like I said, he's going to be busy. I'm sure people are going to be hitting him up. Um, and uh, Lars, keep doing what you're doing, man. We'll talk very, very, very soon. Maybe next week uh, with an update. We'll do our weekly news report on uh, New, New England MMA and all that. Uh, with that said, Lars, I got um, one of your fighters coming on next, um, Blaine the Shutdown Shut, who will be fighting at Bellator. Yeah. You worked hard to get him a fight. It's been an uphill battle, swimming against the tide to get him any kind of, uh, you know, title defending, uh, you know, fight out there for CES. So now he had to move on, and it's Bellator. So we'll talk to Blaine, and uh, we'll see how he's doing, how training camp is, and how he feels about this uh this next opportunity. So Lars, man, I'll talk to you. Tune in. Keep, uh, you know, talking about, um, you know, pump up your guy on the, on the hey, feed. Hey, my boy, Blaine shut. <laughs> Let's go to the shutdown. Um, working on his medicals today. He's going back to Bellator. He's going to have uh, some success in Phoenix, Arizona, January 29th. Tune in. The shutdown is making a statement. Number one ranked flyweight in New England. What up? Excellent. All right, Lars, get the hell out of here. I'll talk to you later. All right. Later. All right. Lars, out of here. All right, let me get to uh, – hang up, Jack. All right, he's up. Um, let me get to uh, Blaine.
Where is Blake? Uh, ready. So this is when I need a Jamie. So while I'm getting ready for Blaine to come on, let me uh, let me throw his poster up. So um, there it is. So Blaine will be fighting uh the 29th at Bellator 273, as Lars said, in Phoenix, Arizona. Blaine, who is a natural flyweight and holds the CES MMA World Flyweight title that he won off um, against Johnny uh, Lopez back in fucking January 2020, I do believe. So it's two years since Blaine has fought for CES. He has fought recently back in May of 2021 for Bellator. Uh, his debut for Bellator, where he fought uh, Eric Perez, I think, uh, UFC veteran. He didn't win that fight, but as I said, Blaine is a natural flyweight, and um, he moved up for that fight because he couldn't get a, a fight for CES or, you know, locally on the regional level. So he moved up and weight and took a shot. He didn't win that fight. He made it to, uh, you know, a decision. And now he's jumping back in there against a Russian Wrecking machine. Even though the guy don't finish people, he is uh, eight and one, and he fights out of Russia, and he is um, a Fedor training partner, and um, you know an up and comer from that gym where Fedor Fedor uh, trains out of. So, waiting for Blaine Shut to come on. So let me get the rankings up because Blaine Shut is also our number one ranked flyweight. In New England. And, uh, you know, we had a write-up on NewEnglandMMA.org about this um, division. And, uh, you know, some people have a fight coming up or just fought. So, um, you know, things can change in the next, uh, you know, couple of months. Justin Valentin just came away with a win at Reality. So, you know, things are looking good for the flyweight pros in New England here. You know, Blaine Shaw is from Pennsylvania. He did win that title against Johnny Lopez, who Johnny was supposed to fight at reality. Also against Johnny Cupcakes Campbell at a catchweight bout of, I think, 130. And Johnny didn't make weight, so that fight was scrapped. So, um, you know, with that said, I'm going to give Blaine another... Um, another message here and see what's going on. He's supposed to be coming on. He is um, he is out of town training in an undisclosed location, which I don't know right now, but um, oh, there he is. Alright, so he's messaging me. So I'm asking him if he's ready. So let me, uh, let me get this up. See what he says. Alright, I'm going to call him right now. See what's up? I think he might have a special guest with him, which I'm very excited. So I'm going to call him, see what happens. Bear with me, folks. Bear with me. Hey! What up? What's going on, brother? Hey, um, well, turn it, turn it the way you had it. Turn the, the phone the way you just had it. Because, uh, if your coach is on, I can say, you know, she'll, she can get in the shot right here, but you want, you want her to, all right, let me put you on right now. Hold on. Let me get, uh, this handsome, handsome feller on the, on the screen. So blade shut the shutdown is on the podcast here. What's up? And who is this beautiful young woman here? Is this your sister? Is this your sister, Blaine? What's going on? <laughs> Don't know that. I'm more or less a mother of uh, other terms. Uh, this is the prestigious and worldly wide known head coach of wrestling prep, Miss Carolyn Wester. Well, Carolyn, welcome to the show. This is a surprise. Uh, a few minutes before I was going live, Blaine uh, let me know that you were going to be on. And I am familiar familiar with you because I did see a great um, little uh, promotional video you guys put out that Blaine is uh, 
under your care right now or under your torture. How do you, I don't know what you call it because it didn't look like he, uh, you know, he had a, a walk in the park the day he put that video. So talk about it, Carolyn. How'd, how'd you get mixed up with this fella on, on your right right here? Well, you know, it's kind of an interesting story. I'm, uh, I've been uh, cornering MMA for a while at the American Kickboxing Academy in California, and I also coach high school wrestling. And so Blaine, of course, is the leading coach for all the national dual teams. And I had some athletes that were gratefully good enough to wrestle on his team. And then he had been out to the American Kickboxing Academy. So when it came time for this fight, I was on the East Coast. And he said, would you be willing to work with me? And of course, thrilled to do so. So that's how we how we got uh, hooked back up together. But you know, he's well, he's well esteemed at American Kickboxing Academy in San Jose. And and I've been there since 2011. So it worked out well. Excellent. So have you worked together in the past? I know he's traveled to AKA in the past for a training camp. Is this the first time that you're working with him? It is the first time that we've worked together. Um, and I came to the East Coast in 2018 predominantly. And then I cornered three or four fights in 2018, 2019 for AKA in the UFC. But I live predominantly on this coast now. And then once COVID hit, you know, I haven't been out to California that much. And then Blade and I ran in together when he uh, had some of my athletes on some of his dual teams. So as far as, you know, this is all about you right now, Blaine, we don't, you know, Blaine, you set us up. But as far as, you, <laughs> as far as you and what you do, as far as you, you, your profession and what you do with the, for these fighters in training camp, what is exactly your role as far as yeah. uh, getting them ready? Yeah, for sure. So I'm traditionally uh, responsible for all the wrestling, um, a lot of the striking. Uh, Javier Mendez has talked about it quite a bit, that his uh, belief in my ability for striking. And then, um, you know, I run the wrestling practices. But basically my expertise is in sequential muscle movement and transitioning from one discipline to another effectively. So I've worked with all kinds of athletes besides AKA, like Jermaine Durandame and Henry Cejudo and and others, and um, that's my area of expertise. So the torture you saw Blaine doing was actually trying to get him to engage muscles that he hasn't been using regularly, and so his transitions were more circular instead of forward. We were trying to rectify that. Now, as far as where he is now, where where are you guys training out of right now? Hmm. Uh, we have a 10,000 square foot facility in Northern Virginia, Manassas, and that's where we've been uh, for the last two weeks. Excellent. So a little warmer than the, the, the New England area that we're, we're at. And, uh, you know, before you guys came on, uh, Blaine, as I said before, you guys tuned in, uh, Blaine is the number one flyweight in New England. Not that he's got a chance to defend that, you know, defend the belt or to, to really fight at that weight. He's had to go up because he just can't get a fight at flyweight. No one wants to take this kid on. And he's been very vocal on the, you know, social media about getting a fight. And, you know, as, um, you know, friends of mine who manage him, you know, they got him a Bellator fight. He had to move up. And, you know, even though he came away with a loss in that fight, he, it was this decision loss, and it was kind of late notice, and he, he performed well for, for under the pressure he was under moving in an upper weight class. This is his second time around fighting at 135 for Bellator. What has changed, and what, did you, what benefits can you give to him uh, that he didn't have in that first fight? So one of the things that I've been responsible for at American Kickboxing Academy is the weight management or the bulking for athletes prior to their fight. So immediately when Blaine first came down, his weight was very low. We bumped it up about 12 pounds and water loaded. So we're able to put on some muscle, but he'll have enough water in his body that we can just have the water come out naturally, as opposed to destroy any muscle growth by calorie deficit. So water loading is a very common technique used in MMA. And so we put him in a position now, change the percentage of his diet. Well, I'd say before maybe his diet was predominantly white carbs and uh, maybe sugar. And now it's predominantly lean protein and green vegetables with just a tiny little bit, you know, left over from his addiction to uh, sugar and such. But we've been water loading, so he's been putting in about 10 pounds of water a day. So when it comes time, when we're in Phoenix, 
you know, we'll, we will just start reducing the water to the week and it'll naturally come up and we'll be able to maintain the amount of protein he's eating. So the extra muscle he's put on, which you can see on him um, from last week to this week will, will stay and he'll be much stronger probably if perform perform his anaerobic threshold, he'll perform better. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to see that physique, uh, physique there, uh, my friend there. Well, let's talk to you, brother. Uh, how's the body feeling, man? Uh, the video was a few days ago. Uh, you, you've been tortured for a, a, a little while now, uh, in a good way, because uh, you know you spoke highly of that feeling. Uh, what's the body feeling like right now, Blaine? Uh, the only way I can really I explain this in my comprehension of mind is, is kind of how, uh, what is it, a caterpillar turns to a butterfly. Um, you know, the first week here, um, I was, you know, coming into the new facility, learning a different um, way of training methods and um, opening my body up to using different muscles than I had predominantly ever really used before. Um, and I feel like that ended up becoming the molding stage. Um, into which uh, with my body waking up to using these new muscles kind of like crippled me a little bit, right? Which kind of like, again, it's, it's the molding phase. And as I succumb through the time in that molding phase now um, with all the aches and pains now um, getting used to what we're doing and being able to uh, body leverage a little better, uh, that muscle tone starting to stick in and the muscle memory and everything starting to get comfortable with the positions now that I'm being put in. Um, I'm starting to uh, break out of that uh, pod now into this badass butterfly. You can see it in his, in the power and the torque, his wattage when he's striking and kicking and the trajectory before his trajectory on his striking and his kicking wasn't congruent to maximization for, you know, knocking someone out or disabling them in a certain amount of movement. And now it, it's, he's got rapid acceleration and he's exponentially stronger. Well, I like how you, uh, you, you put that. Again, <laughs> as far as, um, you know, this fight coming up, he's taking on, uh, you know, I would imagine a grinder, a guy that's going to, you know, want to take him down and grind out a decision. Not the, the guy don't finish fights, but he wins fights and he finds ways to dominate them. Um, you know, not to give away a game plan here, but what are you mm -hmm. expecting from this guy to come in? And, uh, you know, I know Blaine wrestling background and all that stuff, but I would imagine he's got some uh, amazing training partners that are, or people that he can, you know, get these uh, reps with that are mimicking what he's going to be going through uh, on the 29th. Well, I think a lot of people initially in MMA, first at least, so my, the way I ended up at American Kickboxing Academy was a Daniel Cormier called me and asked me if he could come watch me coach. And then he and he, after he came and watched me the first night, he asked me to come over to AKA. And I took about eight months before I even said a word, you know, I just watched. And what I realized was there was a lot of start and stopping. People would move one or two times, they'd come out one or two times, and they weren't maximizing the transition to their different areas of expertise. So when you have somebody who's been practicing transitions, it's Im almost impossible for an oppo opponent to really maximize on defending it. I mean, a lot of people will say to me, yeah, well, I can defend a double leg. Well, that's lovely, but it's really not enough. And um, so for me, you know, it's the, it's the same logic and expertise that I've learned from Javier Mendez. So, and, and Javi, you know, is reviewing his opponent's films with me and will work with me, Ron Kessler also, to make sure we have a, accurate game plan, but I've had a, a lot of cornering experience and all in the UFC actually. And so um, I feel confident that he's going to, this person, how do I say this? So an average person can move 10 to 12 times in 10 seconds. And we're talking a 15 minute match. So the number of times somebody's actually could potentially move is, you know, over 7,000. If you're putting a series of movements together and you're always transitioning and it's just not one, two, it's at an exponential higher number, they'll never be able to replicate that. It's impossible. So it's a matter of momentum, torque, anaerobic threshold, and uh, putting that all together. And, and Blaine doesn't have a lot of fear when he's transitioning. So I think he'll be successful. 
Excellent. Well, Blaine, um, you know, you had that last fight in May for Bellator on, you know, one of the biggest stages in the in the world as far as MMA. Uh, you won that CES title back in 2020, two years, almost to the day of, uh, you know, this fight coming up on the 29th. You know, what is this? I mean, this is a risk fight for you as far as, you know, going in there, you're fighting, uh, you know, a guy that I would imagine Bellator has high hopes for, trains on the Fedor, I do believe, or a training partner of his. What does this fight do for um, for you? And what did you take out of that last fight that's going to help you, propel you through this fight? Um, I think the, the difference between last fight and then this fight, I mean, I think that there's just two extremes. Uh, one thing that I've always been proud of as a fighter is that throughout my fight career, I've always evolved. Uh, one way or another, anytime I ever stepped in that cage, I was almost impossible to scout or uh, watch video on because I was so drastically different in each fight. Um, it just sucked that uh, I am kind of forced to uh, um, give a bunch of uh, weight up and whatnot, not be able to have the opportunity to actually fight at my weight class, which I am a natural 125 pounder. Um, but uh, I think last fight bumping up and stuff like that which again i mean I've, I've done relatively throughout my mma career i fought a few times at 135 and i handled myself extremely well but it's obviously extremely well known that i'm predominantly the best if not one of the best in the world at my actual weight class um so i mean outside of just coming up a weight you know it just more or less comes down to not necessarily having a choice um and you know, and, and me just trying to look up the glass half full um, I'm, I'm, this is just what I need to do to become a better fighter. I need to challenge myself. I need to push myself and put myself in bad positions to survive and get out and be able to evolve into a better fighter. Um, last fight, you know, uh, I learned a lot. Um, I already knew I was a tough son of a gun, but you know, I don't know how many people can break their ankle first 30 yeah. seconds into a fight and keep banging. Um, I mean, there were, there were times where I would, forget for a second that like I had fractured it and I would level change to try to shoot and it just gave up and he just ran me over or something like that but it didn't didn't throw me off I kept grinding I kept trying to get back up to my feet I kept throwing punches I kept going forward I kept trying to win that fight um you know being a small guy and giving up that thing I'm I, I'm not one to give myself a pat on the back but it definitely um motivated me more that I can compete here I just simply need to get stronger and um and the rest will come with it i mean i think that was the biggest factor of what i missed in that fight was simply just strength and cardio obviously i took the fight on two weeks noted yeah. coming off the couch um this one i i get a few more weeks which is great you know not a full full fight camp but you know listen i'll take the five weeks yeah. over two weeks any day <laughs> um especially now with the revamped fight team that i'm with now and carolyn here um allowing me the opportunity to evolve the proper way and the way that I, any professional fighter realistically should be taking in taking a professional career in this sport. Well, my man, uh, congratulations, dude, on getting a great opportunity. Bellator, man, um, you know, big things with a, a victory coming here. Uh, Carolyn, um, you're going to be in his corner. Who else is going to be helping him out in uh, Phoenix? Well, so I just spoke to Ron Kessler today and, uh, I, Rod Kessler and Javier Mendez from AKA will be joining me. The um, which I'm, you know, thrilled for. We've been a team together for a very long time, and so we have two other guys uh, from AKA on that card also. Oh, beautiful! So they're already going to be in Phoenix, so it's going to it's going to work well for us. And I will tell you, Bellator is really excited to have Blaine coming back. I am friends with them, and I spoke to Kiriana the other day, and she was so enthusiastic that this particular group, me, Javi, and Ron would be back there with, uh, would, would be back there, <laughs> be back there with playing. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait, my friend, man. Uh, I love the smile on your face. I love that, uh, you know, that glow is back. You're back, you know, eating. You're in the cage, ready to eat again, man. Uh, you know, we speak all the time on, you know, here and there on uh, Messenger and just about the fight game, dude. We've been trying, you know, Lars and us trying to get you that uh, defending uh, of the title, man. But, you know, things happen for a reason. And I think this fight coming up, man, is, uh, is uh, a launching pad for you, brother, in 2022. I mean, things are looking great for you right off the start of the year with a great coach, great team. 
and a, a new glow on the face, man. So uh, with that said, uh, any thank yous, anyone you want to shout out to, Blaine, anything you want to say before I let you go, and I'll let you guys get back to uh, you know, either a rest until uh, early in the morning when you pick it up again, or maybe you got another session right after we hang up here. Who knows? Yeah, it'll be bedtime. It'll be the first 6 a.m. rowing session. Uh, but uh, no, I want to thank you first and foremost for uh, having me on and giving me the platform to uh, promote myself and my training partners and my coaches and um, everybody else that helps me out in my fight camp. Um, I definitely got to thank Carolyn. Uh, if it wasn't for her, you know what I mean? It, this could have been another fight where I could have went in and just been a tough dude. Um, I legitimately think this time I'm coming in and I'm going to be the one to change my life around and be that guy that they want to promote and make the main guy to build into um, and possibly maybe contend for the 135 pound belt. Maybe this is me leaving 25 if this takes off and I find my new home at Bellator. Um, thanks to Carolyn. I mean, she definitely showed me that I have the frame to be able to bulk up to be one of the big 35 pounders. Um, outside of that, uh, I want to thank uh, everybody uh, uh, who's a big sponsor of mine. Um, uh, Elite Energy, um, they always help me out. Um, depend yeah, uh, Restore Lancaster, Hyper Wellness, they, they uh, I mean, they get me right. They get me right. Um, I, all the stuff I do for free compression, uh, hyperbolic chamber, uh, red light therapy, um, all that cryotherapy, all of it. Um, without them, I mean, they help me with my recovery tremendously. Um, dependable Solutions, Derek Wyman has is, is, is been there for me since day one, uh, helping me afford my medicals and whatnot, which is obviously like a huge thing for fighters is all the medical bills, the traveling fees, taking time off of work to focus on training for fights and ultimately paying for a paycheck that I wish was a little more. But hey, you know, it evolves as you put in the time. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, I mean, obviously anybody who's helped donate uh, to like my fight camp and whatnot, I appreciate all you guys and everybody who's done whatnot for me. Um, I'm really bad on on the spot situations. So uh, if I'm forgetting a sponsor, super sorry. Uh, championship. Nutrition. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting. Hey, hey, let me just but, stop you. Hey, Blaine, we're gonna have a you're gonna have a big banner, and we're gonna put that out, and we're gonna yeah. you're gonna get they're gonna get their play and their love from you, man, because uh, you do give back, and you really you shine for these uh, people that are supporting you, man, and uh, you know, congratulations on the team, the teamwork here, and I can't wait to see uh, the new Blaine, the two two point oh two thousand twenty two new Blaine. Shut down, shut, my man. Uh, social media, both of you guys. I do have your Instagrams up here, but anything else you want to throw out there, throw it out there for uh, who, any followers watching. Uh, obviously, uh, I have my uh, fan Facebook page at Blaine the Shutdown Shut. Uh, my Instagram, uh, just Blaine Shut. Um, and I believe that's it for me, Carolyn. Well, no, we're just at Wrestling Prep or at American Kickboxing Academy. But I also want to thank you because it's so hard to find people who are genuinely interested in promoting this sport throughout a region that isn't, um, you know, that isn't have some specific purpose for themselves. And it's so clear that your podcast is to help everyone in the area. And I'm so grateful to be able to follow you now and be a part of it. So thank you very much for taking the time, having the enthusiasm, recognizing all the good qualities, not painting negative scenarios and really helping this sport grow. Thank you so much. That means so much to me coming out of someone, uh, you know, at your stature and, and the people that you're involved with. So thank you for the pleasure and, uh, you know, the, the surprise of you coming on here with Blaine. And, uh, you know, you guys have a, a great rest of the training camp. Blaine, uh, I know uh, we'll be contacting here and there, Lars, all that good stuff happening in the next couple of weeks, man. But, uh, you know, grind it, bro. Oh, Lars. Yeah. Lars. Full contact management, Lars. You're, you're the man, brother. He was on here before me, so like, hopefully, he said some good things about me. Um, he, he's a great dude. Uh, you know, I got to thank him so much because he, I mean, I know he's been looking under every stone and every rock to try to find me a fight at 25. And like you said before, I'm not. I mean, I will call some people out. You know, people. I don't understand why they're afraid to fight me. You know, I, I like. 
whatever. You know, a lot of people, but, uh, a lot of people are afraid to lose uh, your spot, their spot with a loss. And uh, that's not you, buddy. You're going for the gold. I mean, you're going for it. I mean, the, the payoff for what you're doing and, uh, you know, the fights you're taking, man, is uh, much, much greater than, you know, the setback. If uh, anything negative comes out of it, man, you're a young kid. You got a long career ahead of you, and you're under uh, you're you're a new guy this year, man. So uh, you know, kill it, bro, and we'll definitely be seeing you, man. Um, definitely, Carolyn. I would love to have a one-on-one -on -one you with you down the line about you know your back your background, how you got involved, like from the start and that. So uh, thank you so much, and you guys have a great night, and uh, you know, enjoy the warm weather. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right, you take care and be well. Thanks, brother. It's always fun talking to you. All right, my man. See you later. Later. Awesome. That was good. That was really good. Um, Blaine Shut with Coach Carolyn Wester. Um, holy cow! What a surprise that was. That was um, that was really cool. I'm really happy about that. That oh, what just happened? Um, that they came on. Uh, let me uh, see if I can get this off right here. Um, so that's about basically the show right now. Um, we're done. We had Lars on uh, to talk. Uh, I wish I had a poster up here. Maybe I'll put Blaine's poster up here. Do I have it? Yeah, I'll put the flyweight rankings up there um, while I send, send this off here. So give me a second. Let me just uh, fix this. I need a Jamie. I'm telling you I need a Jamie. I'm telling you. So let me see how to do this. All right, now I can make it smaller and it'll fit in there, I think. Um, I think, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's working or not. So uh, with that said, listen, uh, join and jump in uh, to the Room Podcast and um, follow us on Facebook at New England MMA or the Room Podcast on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, the Room Podcast or New England Mixed Martial Arts. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us freaking everywhere. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to this channel because uh, we're trying to get monetized and we're trying to do more things with um, a thousand followers or subscriptions, subscribers. So we're almost there. We're at the, about a hundred short. So again, I would love to say, um, you know, thank you for everyone that tuned in tonight. Thank you for Lars for the breaking story and, uh, and thank you for Carolyn and Blaine Shot for coming on. Uh, that was a very awesome surprise. So with that said, uh, the Room Podcast will be back Friday night with Andrew Valdina, who's fighting for the Cage Titans amateur bantamweight title. He'll be on. There will be prizes, prize giveaways that night um, from. Andrew Valdina and myself. So tune in Friday. Andrew will be putting out an ad and some good stuff about our podcast on Friday. So with that said, The Room Podcast, thank you so much, people. It was an awesome show. We're out.